All right, and we're live. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Frankel. I'm the managing editor of GEMS and also the editor of EMSAirway.com. And with me is... Uh, Chris Kroboth, paramedic firefighter in uh, Virginia. Also do some clinical education stuff for different companies. Great. Well, welcome, Chris. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks for having me. Of course. Happy to be here. All right. This is the EMS Airway podcast. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, our website, emsairway.com, uh, provides information, news, and resources on EMS and pre-hospital care. And as the name suggests, it's all about airway management. Pretty easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> we focus on airway management, a critical part of emergency care that involves managing a patient's breathing and ensuring they have an open airway. Very important to have. Uh, on the website, we publish articles, videos, and podcasts. And this podcast, be on the lookout for that in the very near future, very soon. Uh, we cover topics such as the latest techniques and equipment for area management, clinical studies, and case studies uh, by leading experts in the field. Uh, the website is aimed at all EMS providers, EMT, AMT, paramedic, anyone, nurses, physicians, and anyone in healthcare, pretty much. Um, so now let's get to the end of the hour. Chris, uh, first question is, why are you passionate about airway management? Yeah, sure. So um, airway management is two out of the three things that are life-saving, right? You have A, B, C, airway, breathing, circulation. I know it sounds elementary, but airway management is the first two out of three. So two-thirds kind of wins. Uh, and it's one of the things we don't talk about a lot. So in uh, a lot of curriculums, a lot of training it's kind of an afterthought. It's always focused on the skill or the tool and not um, the totality of its effect on the patient. Uh, and there's little things that go a long way. Like uh, we forget that at night we put a pillow under our head to align our airway, to ease our breathing and make life easier for the inhalation and exhalation phase. Yet on the street, we find a person in cardiac arrest or in respiratory arrest and we smash their face against the ground with a BVM <laughs> on it and try and power bag them as our airway is now adjusted downward. So it's like little things um, that I like to kind of pick on and, and work towards making better. Um, and the airway site is phenomenal for that. So uh, I know Palmadine specifically has provided me a unique opportunity to work on some articles, um, which I know we're going to get to in a second. But the site itself has tons of great resources like ventilator resources, um, CPAP resources, little things like talking about PEEP, FiO2, the things we don't think about, they just you know, are on all the cool toys we use to manage the airway. And so if you take a couple minutes in each of those articles, you can invest good time and energy in, in bettering yourself for patient care and patient outcomes. Yeah, excellent. Um, Chris, you're, you know, for us, a new writer, I know you're, you know, in the field, you're prolific. Uh, what are you, what do you hope you, what do you, <laughs> what do you hope others get from your articles? Yeah. So um, I'm not the type of person who sits in front of a word only document and can um, hold my attention span for more than about 4.1 seconds. Yeah. So my goal with the articles is to carve them out in a unique aspect that the provider could easily make them relatable and retainable to their practice. So they're written, they're called Friday Night Lights. Um, we've all worked Friday nights. We've all worked full moon Friday nights. And the worst. they all almost start out with a meal that's missed or right at the end of a meal before digestion has even started. The tone's dropping. And as we joke about at work, the lady in the ceiling dispatching you to a call. 
Um, <clears throat> so the goal is as you read through them, it is pathophysiology, physiology, interventions, techniques, maneuvers that are sprinkled into a case. And that case is designed by nature to be ultra relatable to everybody. So that when they're reading it, they can go, oh yeah, I was having a cup of coffee the other night and we got toned out and we ran this person in flash pulmonary edema or bronchospastic, you pick. Um, so that's kind of the goal of the articles. The first one was um, balloons underwater. Mm -hmm. yep. So that was a person experiencing flash pulmonary edema, CHF. And in there, we try and layer out positioning, tidal volume, procedures like PEEP, how PEEP is actually your friend when you're trying to increase oxygenation or pulse oximetry, not just the magic dial on the oxygen cylinder. So um, that's the goal. And the goal is when people are reading through them, whether it's in the truck, posted up at the street corner, whether it's waiting for your partner to finish the narrative at the hospital, whether it's as you're sitting at shift change waiting for your relief to come in, you, they're long enough for all of us with ADD um, <laughs> and uh, hypercaffeinated to be able to stay alert, oriented, and kind of pick up on the stuff, but they're not too long where you're like, okay, that's boring next. Yeah. And great segue, yeah, but you know, your certain article, uh, Leaky Hose, what's yeah. that about? Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so that one specifically layers a lot of uh, end tidal capnography in there, which is probably my most favorite thing in the profession. Um, well, what's that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, so it's uh, the measurement ball. and it's both the waveform and numerical measurement of exhaled carbon dioxide. Uh, it's essentially taking a gas meter, putting it in the back of a monitor, shooting a light beam through it and measuring a certain spectrum to get a certain value on a certain gas. And that's CO2 when we exhale it. It gives us a graphical representation so we can learn from that waveform if we break it down into the phases, problems with the airway or problems with uh, the patient. And that one specifically is a leaky cuff. We've all in the moment dropped a tube or done something and maybe not pulled the syringe away before um, it was completely emptied and or left it on, part of it uh, reflated in the syringe, and then we popped it off, and that was this instance. It was a little yeah. bit of a rush issue. And then we also, that one um, layered in some crew resource management by using bystanders and certain tools on the market, some of them specifically in this instance from Palmadine, that could easily work in somebody who maybe has no training, but utilizing the tools we have that are easy for them to operate to provide that patient care and help offset mm -hmm. those resources. If you don't mind, tell me the process when you sit down on a computer to write these articles. What do you what do you think about? What do you do? Do you do it in one shot? Do you do it like here and there? Uh, so when I write, yeah, just to tell you, like, yeah, I'm a writer by trade. I'm a journalist. Yeah. I spent years in TV news and newspapers, and I would sit down on the computer, type, get a cup of coffee, um, check Facebook. Don't don't, yeah. don't, tell, don't tell my bosses that. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, what, what do you do? Uh, kind of like the exact opposite. I don't have, I'm not a writer. Um, Grammarly is my best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the luxury of having about an hour and a half commute to work for my uh, pre-hospital job. So I put in text to talk and uh, think of a catchy title of a topic I want. So there may be some pulmonary embolism stuff coming up in the oh, future. Um, some other good ones. Yeah, think yeah. about the cool phrase and then work back from there. Uh, and then just talk out the case. Once I talk out the case, work it down, then I'll go back and make the screenshots of the monitor feed with the iSimulate system, uh -huh, the reality uh -huh. system, just put those in there. Um, some of them actually have lung sounds in there as well. So generate those lung sounds, put them in there. So as the learner's going down, they have 
a referenceable or relatable monitor right. with the waveform. So it's not just the abstract terms we've all seen on our, you know, registry testing. You're actually getting the waves and the vital signs like they would see at two in the morning or two in the afternoon. Paste those in, one more edit, and then push send to you before I have, uh, you know, start to rethink too much of the stuff. Right, yeah. exactly. that's true. Because yeah. if yep. you do, we go crazy. Trust yep. me, I, I get yes. it. I get yes. it. So. <laughs> um, tell me what's next for you. What are you doing for us next? Um, so you may see I, one uh, where we're talking about uh, uh, when the patient is unable to completely clear the atmosphere in between breaths. So they're mm -hmm. breathing so fast and they may or may not have a mask around. What that does to end title capnography, what that does to patient um, presentation and feeling. Um, and then it's also layered in with a uh, another little subtlety in the case. So that okay. you might see some pulmonary embolism stuff in the future because oh, those are on the okay. rise as okay. we all have experienced. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the goal, like I said, is especially with the capnography is to try and put more and more in there as we do these. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. The, again, it's a great article. Um, for those just joining us now, it's the EMS Airway Podcast. We're live at FDIC and Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, it's a great show. I mean, I think we have a, about 30,000 30, plus people here hmm. coming. More, 30, 34, 35,000 people. Um, so I hope they get a lot of the show. Um, what are your thoughts on the conference? Yeah, I think um, one thing I want to say about the website, um, it's a unique opportunity that uh, Gems and Pulmodyne provide to get providers on the street writing articles for yes. other providers. And yes. the nicety to that is a lot of us have always sat and waited for stuff to be pushed down to us. We have the opportunity to take the things that nag us or we want to fix or educate on and put it out there. Mm -hmm. So if you're considering writing articles or considering kind of getting into this, it is the perfect venue where you don't have to have a 52 page dissertation with a thousand resources. It's about a three or four minute worth of read, put it out there. And then you get comments from fellows in the profession. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. I love yeah. it. And to be honest, I'll use this time as a sh shameless plug. Please, anyone watching, we love to have your thoughts. Please write for us, podcast for us. We want to hear your thoughts and opinions on EMS. So I'm using this time now to, you know, please, you know, I'm on a desk computer all day. Our audience are in the field, so please, you know, we're only as strong as the people who write for us. So yeah. people like Chris doing great things for us, but you know, there are others out there. And if you're if you're shy, if if Chris can do it, yeah, yeah no offense, Chris, I'm just yeah, kidding. no, yeah, if I can do it, yeah, <laughs> just push send before you have too many second thoughts. Exactly, yeah, yeah, with the edits, yeah. <laughs> the other thing, I mean, yeah, if there's a call or a case or something crazy, of course, HIPAA hip blind it, but write it up and put it out there for everybody because if right. you ran it. I might run it in a couple of weeks. I'd like to know what you learned from it, how you patient presented, what you did, what the outcome was. This is a great opportunity, a great platform for providers to share experiences in the context of learning. So yeah, that, that I mean, we're here to help EMS and not be our brothers and sisters, right? It's the yep. main goal. Yep. Yep. You know, honestly, we don't, we don't do it for the money, right? <laughs> That's, that, is, that is true. That is very true. Let's talk a little more about um, EMS Airway. Um, you know, we have Chris running for us. We have other authors too. We have, you know, as I said, doctors, physicians, you know, EMS providers, EMTs right for us. You know, yeah, you don't, you don't got to awesome. be. Yeah, the foundation of our profession. Yeah, without a doubt. Yep, yep. You don't need to be, you know, super, super medic to write, write for EMS Airway or GEMS. We want people of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds. Yeah. Um, on the website, emsairway.com, we have three articles. Uh, we said a very popular one about 
uh, I mean, you heard of him, Demar Hamlin before yeah. the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we posted, we were about that. People loved it. They ate it up. Um, so maybe he's the suggestion. You write about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah. you know, that one's free for you, Chris. Yeah. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Actually, I'll charge you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll get that one on my next ride home. Texas. I, yeah. I should try that out. Yeah. Texas speech. I never, Texas never done speech. It. Super easy. You'll let your brain go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try it out. And if yeah. I like it, I sit back, relax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Another article that was popular for us was um, the liquid albuterol shortage. Oh, yeah. Do you know much about that? I mean, what do, you, what do you know about that? I know that there, no matter what day of the week or time of the month or time of the year, there are shortages, strategic shortages that where if the agency is going after something or trying to find something, they need to partner up with mm -hmm. uh, different entities to get buying power because when meds or fluid, I mean, salt water, right? Saline is a shortage. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the Atlantic Ocean with the Pacific Ocean, you'd think that that wouldn't be hard, but it has to do with the packaging and the plants and all the things they do to um, keep them sterile and the, and the, the uh, carrying which they package them with. That is something to definitely, from a logistics perspective, and a lot of instances, logistic officers don't get that you know training or that education and what's the downrange effects mm -hmm. of a lot of this stuff. And a lot of entities have to account for that stuff because they don't necessarily have the buying power if they're depending on their size. So reading that, understanding that, and also when you're writing protocols or setting up your guidelines, having redundancy plans in place. Mm -hmm. What is the best may not always be the option available today. Right. So knowing what other avenues you have available to you is also a very, very important thing um, from both medical director down uh, because tomorrow if we're short on you pick, <laughs> we have to have a redundancy plan because we can't not render care, right? Of course so, not. You have yeah. to. What is, what, yeah. What's he going to do? Exactly. I don't know. All right, Chris, pleasure talking yep. to you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks so much. Me. Yep. Once again, Chris Crowbooth, uh, our newest writer for emsairway.com. And I am Jeff Frankel, the editor of the website. Uh, we'll see you again. Thanks a lot.